XR, or mixed reality, is a catch-all term for VR and AR, two areas that big tech are really pushing to get into. Qualcomm is positioning itself as a ticket into these worlds, but what does it have to say about these burgeoning trends? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me for the first part of our three-part interview is Hiko Swart, Vice President of XR at Qualcomm. Here you go. Thanks for joining me. It has been a very long time since we've actually talked. I remember the last time, I believe, was in Barcelona of 2019 at Mobile World Congress. And we were talking about a very similar topic to what we're talking about today, right? XR? That's right. That's what I've been doing for the last uh, seven years. So happy <laughs> to talk to you. Happy to uh, see you over, over Zoom and hopefully soon face to face. Absolutely. So before we get into the specific Qualcomm news, I did want to talk to you about the broader state of the XR market. So just to maybe quickly define for my listeners, like what exactly is XR? Sure. Um, we use XR as an, an umbrella term uh, to represent uh, all the realities uh, within uh, the spectrum going all the way from virtual reality. When you're fully immersed, everything is digital, everything is synthesized versus augmented reality, where you see the real world and then overlay digital objects in it. And in between, you have things like mixed reality and um, assisted reality. But so you, it's just a, a term that encompasses all these different um, uh, digital realities. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, but is XR kind of a silly name? Because it, it actually doesn't mean anything. The X itself doesn't mean anything, whereas some people... Most people would probably get what VR is, and maybe some subset of those people would understand what AR is. But like XR is kind of an ambiguous term, right? I, I think it's useful for us in the industry. You know, so uh, you know, most of the people working in augmented reality are also working in virtual reality. So instead of saying, "Oh, I'm working in AR and VR," I'm just saying, "I work in XR." You know, if you look at uh, people in uh, the camera sensors for AR and VR, there are similarities. Mm -hmm. Eye tracking, perception technologies, um, and um, and both um, of them are spatial compute type technologies. So yeah, we incorporated XR. I know X can be seen as the variable and just yes. A, M, V, um, and people know what we're talking about. All right, well, enough about semantics. Uh, if you could just give us a, maybe an overview of what, where you sort of see the state of XR or AR, VR or whatever, but what, what does this market look like today? I mean, it's, uh, it's super exciting. Um, you know, I was looking back into our history. I think we talked uh, about virtual reality, standalone virtual reality back in 2016 when we announced our first uh, what we call reference design for a standalone unit. Mm -hmm. You didn't de depend on the phone like, you know, the old cardboards. You didn't depend on a gaming PC, um, you know, with all the installation. So in 2016, we had our first uh, introduction of a standalone VR unit. And when you look in 2022, you have uh, very successful products in the market, like the Quest 2, mm -hmm. or in China, you see uh, Pico, uh, HTC. So we're seeing a lot of momentum in uh, virtual reality, um, both for consumer and enterprise applications. One would you say like like are we past the point where it's grown past the novelty because it, it it felt like for the longest time it was like something you'd show off to your friends for a little bit and they're like okay let's move on with our lives like are, are we are we past that stage 
I do think so. Um, you see, you know, very popular titles um, in um, for consumers in gaming. Uh, you see fitness becoming uh, an application that people get a device because they want to do workouts, you know, at, at home in a fun way. Uh, you see corporations using it uh, for training, for 3D design, you know, architects. So it's beyond the novelty and a, really a tool um, that uh, we start um, seeing people get more productive. And it's not stopping here. Right. I think there's uh, devices are, are going to get uh, even higher resolution, lighter, smaller, more capable, more features. So I think virtual reality, we are over the first um, you know, phase of novelty. I think we're going mainstream, but there's still a lot to grow, you know, from um, a, a, a user base of, you know, millions, 10 millions and, and going to hundreds. Um, you know, as we progress uh, in this journey. But, you know, there's that's the virtual reality, you know, uh, evolution and, and journey. Um, now there's uh, also the augmented reality, right? Glasses with the transparent uh, um, displays that I see the real world. And yep. that's a little bit earlier, um, you know, in, in the journey. You see enterprise uh, using it, you know, commercial applications, where you have a remote assistant type uh, or guided instruction providing ROI to um, to companies, but when it comes to you know small form factor glasses, where you know those glasses substitute all the other displays, I think we're still a little early, and that's one of the topics that I hope we can address a little uh, later uh, today with some of the innovation that we're putting on that uh, on that front. But also, you know, I think the big picture is that uh, we see augmented reality glasses being able to overtake, you know, mobile smartphones and PCs as uh, the next generation uh, computer platform. Yeah. That, is there any kind of sense of like when that might actually happen? Is that we're talking about like decades out or just a few years out? Like what? What? Because I, I, I know, like I've talked to Cristiano, he has this vision of these very like sleek yeah. thin glasses that are you just put on and you know basically the digital world is overlaid on top of the real world how like how realistic is that stuff and then timing wise like what when, when are we expecting to see some of this in a, in a real well, way i i do expect um in the short time frame to to have um um good enough um glasses that you'll be do uh, doing gaming and uh, some of the similar uh, functionalities that we see, you know, in virtual reality, but now with the the world, the real world, um, as uh, as your base. Um, but it's um, it's going to take a few years until we have a full transition. And what I like always to use as a, as a parallel, as a comparison, is the the journey we went to in the mobile industries. You know, going from feature phones to smartphones. It's not like there was a, a given year in time that we say, oh, now everyone has smartphones. No, you know, we started with um, things like Blackberries and Windows phones and um, um, and then you, you moved to Android and, you know, other platforms that uh, the ecosystem started to build upon. And it was a combination of better displays, better processors, better connectivity, more content. And year over year, you see it getting better. And then over the course of uh, five, 10 years, you, wow, what just happened here? I could not live 
without this uh, technology anymore. Right. And and I do think that um, we're going through a very, very similar transition and journey uh, in XR. And and sort of breaking down XR a bit in terms of you know VR and AR, because you, you know you talked about some potentially similar applications between VR and AR. Like at some point, does AR displace VR or do you sort of see those two coexisting and in, in sort of evolving in parallel? Very good question. Actually, there's a super interesting feature that I really like in virtual reality where um, the device, the headset, has um, a color camera. So basically, with a color camera, you see the real world through the display. So essentially, imagine you know your equivalent of a Quest 2, and um, and you have uh, cameras that pass you know the real world to the display, and now you can overlay images on top of that. So it's almost like you know you have AR um, experiences using a VR headset. So it gets a little complicated, but you see the convergence on that front. Right now, if you think about the AR glass as we um, as most of the people understand, you know, a glass that looks like a prescription type glass or, or a sunglass. Now, what if the field of view of, uh, of this glass, you know, if the image is, um, you know, almost cover your eye field of view, mm. then what is it? Is that AR on VR? You know, what if um, 95% of what I see is digital and 5% is real? So I do think that as we move forward, it's going to, the distinction between the two is going to diminish. So you see a convergence, but I still think you're going to have uh, different classes of devices. You know, even as today, I have a PC and I have a phone, right? The applications are somewhat similar. I can do, you know, productivity applications on the phone. I can do it on the PC. I can play games and it's just that you have two tiers of, of products where, um, you know, one is more appropriate maybe for indoor stationary applications and one when you're more mobile on the go. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. There's only one you can take into a bathroom. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could, but never mind. Uh, last question here is uh, Google IO just passed and we saw a tease at the very end of a pair of glasses. Now, we didn't get a lot of details on this thing, only that it was able to offer translation services on top of your lens. It seemed like what the dream was, but we have no real idea of like when this would actually come out, how much it would cost. Curious on your thoughts on the little tease at the end. I'm, I'm super excited, you know, to see all the big tech companies uh, fully embracing um, XR and the broader, you know, metaverse conversation. Um, but it, it's good. I think that this is not a one company only, you know, investment. There's multiple mm -hmm. companies that um, need to come together uh, from the component side, from, you know, device side, hardware, uh, content. And, um, and I think that it, what they showed is a very interesting application, very uh, utilitarian application, you know, that uh, will help uh, drive the momentum as one of the use cases. That's it for the first part of our interview. Check back in tomorrow for our next part where we discuss Qualcomm's new XR headset and why you won't actually be able to buy it. In the meantime, you can check out our Qualcomm coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.